Hello, loves, it's Pleasance. Today I'm jumping on to remind you of the three S's. If you love this podcast and you love these conversations and teachings, I invite you to keep us supported by sharing, sharing the episode, sharing with a friend, sharing with your mom or your sister, sharing with a coworker subscribing. So subscribe to the podcast and please rate it. Please write a little review or a little rating. That stuff matters to people when they're looking on and they're trying to see if people are, um, you know, have integrity and are relatable and the teachings are helpful. So share it, subscribe to it, and then support us. So right on the anchor page, um, uh, soulfulselfcaresessions.com. You can find it at littleohm.com. You can find it right on the Anchor app, A-N-C-H-O-R. You can grab that app in the app store and listen to lots of wonderful podcasts through the Anchor app. Um, and we have a support this podcast link right there and you can donate. Um, all donations are deeply appreciated. Creative work and teaching and sharing healing is my life's work and I deeply appreciate any amount that you contribute um, to keep this going. So share, subscribe, and support. Okay, awesome. So thanks for joining me today, Randy. Thanks for having um, me. I, I don't remember where I first heard your name or heard about your work, but it sort of all came at one time. Okay. I was at, um, you know how that happens? Like, yes. <laughs> where like someone probably had told me your name or about your work and I was like, okay. And then it kind of builds where the second person and the third person. Right. And I remember in January, I was at Rachel Cook's CEO retreat and Teresa Reed was there. Okay. Um, and in person, I felt like I was meeting such a big celebrity because in the spiritual world, you know, the tarot lady's quite, <laughs> quite well known. And, and yet a lovely, amazing human being. Amazing. Well, that's what I'm meeting her in person and just snuggling and being yeah. around her all day. Um, and she, there, boundaries came up and she said your name and said, guys, if you don't know about Randy Buckley, please go follow her. Please pay for her programs and learn so that you can really align your businesses. Um, because all of us, you know, we were in a room with, I don't know, there's probably 150 um, women who run their own businesses, right? Who also wear the mom hat, the wife hat, the community leader, right? All the things. Mm -hmm. And since Teresa said that in January until now, now that I'm really tuned into it, so much of the suffering that a lot of our community um, are really going through is around this lack of boundaries and yes. not really having role models, other strong <laughs> right. role models. Um, and one of the things that I noticed is that I have slowly been really integrating over the past, I would say five to 10 years, um, so very slow. <laughs> um, <laughs> Some but, turns are very wide. <laughs> I'm a two on the Enneagram, so I'm always like 
navigating what's soul service versus like what's boundaries and all that kind of like mm -hmm. stuff I love to think about. But, um, but I have learned so much about boundaries from actually my best friend who we were just talking about, Anna Guest Jelly. Um, yes. In fact, I told Anna this yesterday, we were on the phone and I said, you know, I've really learned boundaries from you. And then Elizabeth D'Alto, who mm -hmm. is another, you know, spiritual podcaster, writer, thinker, um, Nicole Antoinette. Um, and I noticed all these women don't have children. <laughs> <laughs> And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm learning all this stuff about boundaries from women who don't have children. Fascinating. So that's my long intro to how I invited you to come on, talk about your work. How did you get started with this, being the expert on boundaries for kind people? Um, yeah, I'm, I'm always happy to talk about this. And thank you very much for having me. It was, it was, it's very nice of you and fun because I love talking about it. <laughs> um, so the healthy boundaries for kind people work that I do actually is something I've always been pretty good at. I don't have a, a big story of how I struggled and then I figured it out. There are times where I could have been more elegant, definitely, and learned a lot of things on the way, but I feel like I hit the parental jackpot actually um, with parents who, who sometimes elegantly, sometimes not as elegantly had really strong boundaries. And my mom was one of the first jazzercise teachers. She was very into yoga and, and, and very, um, had this vibe. And my dad um, was in the Navy. And um, at one point was a Navy SEAL and ran the ERs for the Navy. But we have to be very, you know, boundaries were important. So it's, it's somehow in the mix in that um, genetic soup, <laughs> I emerged. And I, so Boundary is only just one type of coaching I do. I do a lot with women who are ambivalent about motherhood, something called maybe baby, people who have big life decisions. And what I was finding through all of this, boundaries were a huge challenge. Mm -hmm. And the way people were looking at boundaries was very different than how I had understood them and how I implemented my life. It was always a source of guilt or a source of not enough or a source of being too rigid. And I just thought very different uh, in a very different light. In, in a way that works. And what really came to a head for me, Pleasance, was when, and I have permission to say this, um, my sister had a string of wildly abusive relationships where here I was, big sister, her big sister, and I wanted to just like, what's going on? Why is this happening to you, this Spitfire, this person has immaculate boundaries? In every other aspect of your life, you know, I couldn't say that any of that to her at the time as I would have alienated her. So I started ch challenging excuse me, channeling it into my work. And um, yeah, so a lot of the work, a lot of the Healthy Boundaries for Kind People work is really a love letter to my sister that I couldn't necessarily say at the time. Yeah. Okay, so tell me, back up and tell me, what is that, what is growing up with a movement instructor and a Navy SEAL look like for boundaries? <laughs> it means what you're very that? aware of your inner and outer worlds. <laughs> There's, it's not just being in your mind or being in your body. It's knowing both very, very well. Were and they together? Did they stay together? Are they still yeah, together? They're, they're still together. Um, met on a blind date, actually. <laughs> but um, th there is a really awareness of the inner world of one's thoughts and feelings and then also a real strong awareness of what's going on around you and being strategic with that um and you know i really learned from my dad just you know he's a very unimposing guy he's, he was pretty buff at the time but just he could walk into a room and, and people would kind of 
perk up. And it wasn't that he was saying or doing anything. It was just how the, the energy he carried yeah. about himself. And that was an energetic boundary and that confidence. And so th that was very interesting to me. <laughs> very, very interesting. Yeah. And you picked up on, obviously, like mm -hmm. growing up with that and saw that. Okay. So yeah. give me some examples of like, was your, were your, were your parents ex very explicit and specific with you? Was it just you and your sister? Or the other? Just my sister and I, yes. So were they very specific? Here's what we're doing. Here's why we're doing it. We're very intentional. Or was it more just how they lived and raised you and, and it, it was just modeling? What, how did that mostly, work? Yeah, mostly modeling. Um, and, and mostly modeling. And, and sometimes my dad, you know, whenever we had things going on, um, they would both sit down and, and explain a little bit why things were happening the way they, the way they were. But there's also another element um, being a military kid, I moved around a lot. And so it was really interesting for me where we'd land in a new city, I would kind of watch things going on around me. Like, oh, this seems like a, a group of friends that I would fit in well with. I'm not, this, this is a group over here that I don't gel with. I'm not going to force myself. I'm sure they're lovely, but I'm not going to try to just be friends. Whereas my sister was much more interested in making friends and would drop her boundaries. And so I really, so there's also some, kind of on-the-job training of, <laughs> of yeah. how to negotiate what was right for me. Yeah. And it sounds like your sister had more of the role, the sort of typical role of, like, I want people to like me, and so I'll meld and mold in these different groups. Right. And, and it's also far more outgoing than I am. So that also <laughs> probably yeah. had her, you know, she was meet, trying to meet that need, that uh, extrovert need. Was your mom... Um, I think one of the things that a lot of, so I live in DC and sure. uh, majority of the people in our community live in the DC area. Right. Um, and when we gather in women's groups, I will add, in fact, one of the reasons I, I did reach out to you as well was because just in August, we were doing some intentional planning and thinking mm -hmm. about sort of ending the year and what we wanted and what was happening. And at the end of the day, I said, who here, I'm just, and, and I'm just very curious, you know, if you get a room of women together to ask kind of these really juicy. Sure. <laughs> great opportunity. Right. So I said, who here um, had or has women in their life who express anger in a healthy way? Mm -hmm. Right. And it was like crickets, right? Not one hand went up. Uh -huh. Who here know, has women in their life who um, express healthy boundaries or they grew up in that kind of environment? And same thing. Uh-huh. No one. Sure. So that is why I said, okay, we, we need to talk about this. We need to pull in some resources. Let's have these conversations around what they are, what they look like in real life sure. and how we build that muscle. So. Right. What do you think about that? And what, where do you think we're all, we are right now? And why is there crickets when we I, ask that? Right, because uh, so I usually find that when people don't have healthy boundaries or a challenge with them, they're one of five reasons or a, an amalgam of five reasons. And okay. one of them, one of those reasons is never having seen boundaries done well or yes. at all. Yes. And so um, what, for me, what's different about when I say healthy boundaries for kind people, kind, um, compassionate, uh, confrontation averse nurturing people when they understand boundaries it often looks like some 
jackass thing that there's if you're kind there's no way you're going to do that you value kindness way more than allowing yourself to be this person that you don't want to be um, or have these behaviors that you don't want to be so you avoid that at all costs because that kindness that compassion is so important to you what i think we get to and I'll, I'll try to stay on with your question but we actually get to that's a that's not my understanding of boundaries so my understanding is that boundaries and this is my definition are really the architecture for the life you want to live and that architecture is designed by values mm -hmm. so that you it's less about keeping things out mm -hmm. and i think that's what kind of the general consensus of boundaries is you know line here other things on this side i'm on the side to me it's about what we want to cultivate within so within our communities, within our families, within our relationships. Um, and I know you study Ayurveda. Mm -hmm. I, I studied with an Ayurvedic doctor for many years and as an apprentice. And I, I taught uh, around the world. And one of the, the ideas she had was this idea of abundant health. Mm -hmm. And, I, you know, once your health was so full, it could flow out into the world. And I, I, so I designed my whole, <laughs> my concentric kindness concept is what I have this work based on, such that once our values are in, concentric alignment they then can ripple out mm -hmm. out into the world and those values are boundaries so i got a little off <laughs> i don't know if i but so there's a lot of that thinking in there and we don't that was it we don't necessarily see people doing that right. in a, why do you in think that is because they don't know how this societal patriarchy like that coming down through the lines of our actual lives and now this uprooting and awakening and shining light is showing us that. The other thing that I'm thinking about is that lately, like I said, because of access to these podcasts and each other's lives and ways of living and, mm -hmm. and like I live in this bubble where pretty much everyone in like a one and a half mile radius around has very similar looking lives to mm -hmm. myself, right? Kids that go to this one school, sure. usually they work in the government or lawyers or whatever. Mm -hmm. It's politics. So, um, yeah. but I've lived in DC. So, you know, yeah. uh, and here I am in my little world of, I don't know, spiritual woo woo teaching and studying and, um, finding other souls who are not within this bubble mm -hmm. and learning how, Oh, this woman lives this way. And this woman is doing it this way. And that's so interesting. And I haven't been exposed to that. So right. let's try it here. So for example, like on the day, on the day to day, someone will email and say, can you come to this? Uh, can you volunteer for this school event? You know, here's the sign up. And it's sort of assumed that it would just be yes and everybody who can does. Um, sure. But lately, over the past few years, it, there's, I've been more intentional about trying to take the pause before the yes right. um, to see if it really feels like a yes or it feels <laughs> like a, I should be doing this because everyone else in the neighborhood is doing this. <laughs> right. Right. So, yeah. So just, I just want to hear about like your clients and the women that you work with all over. Mm -hmm. um, what is their experience with day-to-day -day life? Like how are these changes and shifts happening for them? Where, they, where is it showing up? Sure. So I think a lot of people would really resonate with what you just said. There's an expectation of yes. Um, and you know, one of the, the things I, I teach that boundaries are actually an act of kindness, whereas we are, you know, the situation you just explained, 
used as an, uh, an example, feels like if you were to say no, it'd be unkind. Yeah. I'd, to me, saying yes to something that I don't want to do is unkind. Yeah. Not just to myself, but to somebody else. It's disingenuous, right? So um, there are kind ways I can do that. And I need to honor my values, but really, if your kindness does not include yourself, then we are an equation, right? So, if your kindness does not include yourself, it is incomplete. Yeah. So, um, in, in regard to the example you just gave, you hit the nail on the head. It, there's this awkwardness. It's like you're, it's like almost a rhythm. Will you? Yes. Will you? Yes. And we follow this rhythm. If we can get familiar, uh, get comfortable with. Um, an awkward pause because yeah. <laughs> often what we're doing we're just filling it like with yes and we're not even giving our chance uh, ourselves a chance to think about that so what it looks like then is starting to do things that you want to do and then you can do them um, the things you do say yes to the do th you, things you do say no to in that very binary sense you're doing it because you want to and it's going to be so much more fun you're not carrying resentment we're not actually causing guilt in other people oh my gosh you did something that you didn't really want to do i feel so bad often we think oh i'm guilty if i don't do that whereas we're preventing somebody else from having that guilt um, develop in their life yeah so it really looks like about realigning relationships so that you're honoring the values that are important to you and um that comes through small acts it's, re it's quite revolutionary. It feels really simple, but to put it in place is totally, it, it's earth shattering. And this came up to, I'll use this example. I've, I've used, shared it a few times because it was so clear at our live event too, because we were starting mm -hmm. to talk about how it triggers in other people their stuff, their lack of boundaries or their own wishing they'd said no when they said yes yes at work big time yeah mm -hmm. what do you think about that or what do you see <laughs> so sometimes i think a lot of time when we say we'll just go with that example say no to somebody that we were glad we said no to and they are mad often they were like you can do that <laughs> yeah, i think that frustration you know first they're maybe disappointed because they just expected you to do it and they had to, to rearrange and there's a very big difference between somebody being disappointed in you and somebody not getting what they wanted and i think that's a really important distinction but often i, I think they're little shocks because we can do that we <laughs> wow how do you do that why can't i do that and so there's a frustration there um but it really changes relationships when you're actually when you're nurturing or nourishing the uh, relationship with a real yes as opposed to a disingenuous one yeah I mean, those are deep seeds that we plant that do sprout, and all those seeds sprout in one way or another later on. So um, saying yes to something we're not crazy about doing at the time will show up later in a different way. Yeah. What are some other common, like some really common ways that you see people um, not having boundaries and that you, maybe we wouldn't think are normal or wait, like, ways that it comes up that we sort of don't really talk about that you see are quite normal or that are quite um like a lot of women are doing it people pleasing yeah people pleasing undermines kindness and i we often do it because we think it's the nice thing to do yeah. and you know in a lot of my work there's a very big distinction between nice and kind yes. and a lot of the things we're doing in people pleasing are nice and and i don't lock nice because i think 
it gets a bad rap. To me, nice is manners. It's making people comfortable. It's being polite. Mm. And it has a place, but, but not to the detriment of kind, which is really taking a stand for what's important to you and what you want in the world. So people pleasing is a huge one right there. Um, feeling that we don't want others to be disappointed, which definitely goes along with pe people pleasing. Um, I think we feel like we have to carry their disappointment if they are. That um, is huge. <laughs> um, yeah. Just saying yes to all sorts of little things that we may not want to do, or really being on autopilot, not knowing if we want to do something or not, but just thinking that's what we do. It's our routine. It's just part of the deal. Where do you think people pleasing comes from? Um, so I, told, I mentioned those five yeah. uh, reasons. We didn't get through them, but I think we did. No, I just, I just mentioned the one. Ultimately, I think people pleasing um, comes from a fear of abandonment. Yeah. And it might not be that, you know, I'm sitting next to this person on the bus and they ask me to move, to, uh, switch seats with them that, that we think they're going to abandon us. But those very deep root causes from when we were an infant, if we were, if we were abandoned, we would die. You know, so I think we have this idea of keep people in our realm um, by keeping them happy. <laughs> keeping our basic needs met by keeping them happy. Yeah. Okay, so let's dive into the family world and the moms yes. who resist and push back and say, I don't know where that line is. Isn't this what I'm supposed to be doing for them? This is what good mothering, especially on that spectrum, right? Those of us... Um, who had moms who may have been working multiple jobs and were not home baking cookies, then you often get the extreme where the mom in her, you know, somewhere in the subconscious, good mom equals home every day baking cookies, right? right. All the needs because their needs weren't met, like right. that whole <laughs> range. Uh -huh. So talk to me about your, your teachings and advice for moms. <laughs> And right, it's, and it's different. You know, I, I teach, I teach, well, yeah, I work with women who are contemplating motherhood or an ambivalence about it. And, you know, I, I say it's a little bit like going to France. You can learn French for years and da da da. Until you're there, you have no idea of what, what exactly that is like for you in that context. So the healthiest boundary people suddenly get, you know, spun out once you hit motherhood um, because you are suddenly responsible for keeping those other people alive. And so we do, we, do, we think we have to do things that, um, extra things beyond that. For me, I, I teach, it's much more interesting to model healthy boundaries to your kids than um, bake cookies you don't have time to bake and then be tired because of it. Because to your point, you just said we didn't have those role models. So if we can start being those role models right away, um, that's one of the biggest gifts we can give. And those boundaries are consent. Those boundaries are um, understanding who you want to be in the world and being able to take a stand for that. Um, my son <laughs> is, has become a little, um, not become, he's always been very big into social justice and his values are his boundaries. You know, if he doesn't think something's being tra treated fairly in school, he will take a stand for that. And I'd much rather have that than somebody who wants to, you know, here, have my granola bar so we can be friends. Yeah. It's a different route, but we get to be the role models we wish we had in those situations and actually see that it is believing in people then. 
instead of doing all these things to feel like, you know, I, I want you to feel loved. I want you to, you know, I'm going to do all these things. I'd much rather have kids feel like somebody believes in who they are yeah. and who they can be. And that is definitely through boundaries. I mean, we could dissect this and keep going down and down, but I really think that's kind of a bottom line. Yeah. And if you want to make cookies and that brings you joy, talk to yourself out. Totally. But it's when it's obligation yeah. and you feel you're not showing up if you don't think, do things like that. I would really look at, uh, ask, invite people to look at the ways they are showing up and how those are incredibly valuable. Yeah. Yeah. And the, um, from an Ayurvedic perspective, the trust. Like mm-hmm. trust is like, trust in the universe, trust in our abundance, trust in our own health, trust in our own unique expressions. If we're all interconnected, um, obviously, you know, birthing children through our bodies is the ultimate sort of like, of course, you're a part of me, but you're also, we're also all connected and all part of each other energetically sure. and consciously. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, really honoring that. I think that's kind of like the deeper that I dive into Ayurveda over really the past few years, um, seeing it model in my own life, if I trust myself and my values and that alignment with Mm -hmm. actions, it is radiating out. It is, that is exactly how I'm learning. My kids are 10 and seven now. Mm -hmm. So we're right at that turning point from really day-to-day wiping butts kind of care, right? To Uh (laughs) make your lunches and your breakfast and get yourselves to school and I'll be here to support you after. So there's kind of a big shift um, that we've been feeling and relaxing, you know, instead of tightening around them Mm -hmm. as they're becoming more themselves, my husband and I are holding, sort of holding each other's hands and like (laughs) lean back and just relax and just allowing them to have their own experiences. Um, And for us, we definitely don't feel like we're in a community that really supports that type of parenting. Uh So we let the kid, we were at a pizza place the other day and there's a really famous, awesome bookstore, like two doors down. Mm -hmm. And there was a new book that came out. My son wanted to see if they had it. And I gave him my card. He can use his allowance, but so I gave him my card and I said, okay, take your sister and you guys can go get it and come back, you know? And we sort of like, my husband and I like held hands and he was only two doors down and all that. But other, we had a conversation, you know, other people, quote unquote, other people like don't let their kids do this. And right. you know, we could get in trouble for this because people get called, cops yeah. called on them for this now. And are we okay with that? And, you mm-hmm. know, just trying to, again, align with those values together and then take actions and allow our kids to have experiences actually feels like we're having our own set of values and alignment and boundaries, even though it means they are now free to sort of walk down the street and buy a book and come back. (laughs) Oh, I'm so glad you do this though. (laughs) It's because it's going to be so good for them. But the reason they are free to go down the street and buy a book, because they have a certain set of boundaries they work with them too. You've taught them, um, how to be out in the world and you're teaching them how to be out in the world. They really know if they're in a jam, they can turn around, hightail it. They know how to get out of the situation because you've given them boundaries um, and that parameter to work within. So I love that you're doing that. And what it probably will start to do, even if you get some pushback or weird responses from people, is it's going to open their eyes as well. 
I'm a bit of a, I, I, I'm very rebellious. So I'm very happy to be the one who, who kind of breaks that mold um, in a lot of ways. Yeah. So, um, but to me, you know, it's fine if it works for you. Yeah. Well, and you know, what's so interesting is that I feel like I can honor and own my rebellion or true self when I, and this is how it all links back in my world to Ayurveda and like that deep nourishing care for self is because when I'm rested and feeling good and energetic and like my needs are taken care of, I can clearly see that. Like I can clearly say to you, if you were to come up to me at the restaurant and say, what are you doing? I'd say like, this is what we're doing. This is why we're doing it. This is what we believe. But when I'm exhausted or on the autopilot or um, how I really was, like I'm one of those stories where I ran around in like a hamster on a wheel and checked every box and did all the good things and was like, where's my award? You know, right. here I am. Right. And then when I realized there wasn't one coming, I was like, oh man, I gotta, <laughs> I gotta find a different way to live. This isn't working. Yeah. <laughs> and I lost like 70% of my hair and, you mm -hmm. know, just like autoimmune all over the place. I Absolutely. Mean, yeah. For me to wake up, right? Yep. Um, which is fine. It is like how it is. But I'm not able to see that clearly when I'm running around and trying to keep up with everybody else or, trying to make all the money in DC or trying to do all the things. Right. Um, it's only when I feel, and for me, those little things are like making sure that I take baths pretty much every day or every other day. And I know that's super cliche right now and everyone rolls their eyes and is like, more baths aren't going to heal the world. But in my body, I actually, I had so much pitta that taking that bath is really, cool down. really important for yeah. sort of homeostasis. Um, so I just see it also as this reflection or mirror, like in general, this autopilot racing around and not being able to clarify mm -hmm. why it's important for kids to walk down the street or walk up into the CVS or something, you know, right. like kind of have their own life is often when our lives are so out of control right. um, in so many ways that we're not living our own life. <laughs> May I offer you something? Yes, please. You don't have to explain it. Yeah explanation starts to sound like negotiation yes. or that you're not actually sure yourself. Mm -hmm. Now there are some times where it might be in, you want somebody to understand yeah. or um, shouldn't somebody call the police. You need to <laughs> explain it to them. There are contexts where that might be appropriate and the right thing for you to do, but you don't offer anybody an explanation yeah. for any of that. You do what's right for you. And I think that's, you know, when, and that should, that did not come up when, when you asked me the question and it could very well could have, um, and where we kind of have all these boundary violations in our own life, we constantly feel the need to explain what we're doing to justify it yeah. and the things we don't. And again, if it, you know, if it's a really important relationship to you and you want somebody to have a better idea or understanding where you're coming from, that's different because that's serving you as well. But to, you know, Joe K. Public, whatever we say, you don't have to explain. It's really nobody's business anyway, but we feel that we either have to justify it or get by it. But it sounds like we're not sure ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. It's Thank okay. You. Yes. And I, I always think about sort of like, period. Like, this is what I do, period. Right. Uh -huh. <laughs> and that's just my, that is, it's, it's not, it doesn't come easy to me. True, <laughs> like true. A lot of, a lot of, 
I hear it a lot. And now that I've been paying attention to how much I'm trying to explain myself or explain why I do what I do or have those patterns, I now hear it in other people. Exactly. Noticing more and saying to myself mentally, like I'm, in fact, I'll write emails. I'm not available. And then I'll go on for a whole paragraph about why. To explain why, right? How sorry you are about that. (laughs) I look at it. I see what I'm doing. I I highlight the whole thing. I delete it. I put, I'm not available. Period. Yep. Oh, and I, but it's- <laughs> and I, go, I love this because that's clear. What a gift to somebody. I know. And I have to read through, wait, is she available or not? Does, is she asking me for help and I don't understand something here? Oh, the clarity of, I'm not available then. Thank you for asking. <laughs> is an amazing thing. That is a healthy boundary. And that is understood by somebody. So it's, gonna, it's far more likely to be honored. It feels energetically so much better to have that clarity. Um, Do you feel like a lot of the, with the, your work that it takes people time to see this and watch it unfold? It's not like a, (laughs) take this one pill, learn this one. Oh gosh, no. You know, I'll have people after the first, our first session or first class feel like their world just shifted. And then throughout the course or the work, they're like, oh my gosh, there's so much more. There's so much more. To me, because boundaries are everything. And so you keep uncovering more and more layers. We look at um, pat the past and the messages you got about, around who you are and worthiness. And it keeps, it, there's so many layers and so many layers. This is what I call a spiral dance. It's sometimes it feels like we're doing this again. I thought I was past this. I'm doing this again. But the thing is, you don't realize that you're getting closer to the source every time so it's constant so I have people who who even after the first session feel like it radically changed their trajectory who still have done the course five times mm-hmm. because they're uncovering more and more and more and, and I'm not saying you have to do that to make it to, to read a book five times to make it work you might yeah, yeah. the first time but there's constantly more and it does take time yeah um, boundaries are like a muscle yeah. So I have this whole metaphor methodology and analogy methodology I use. And that's one of the first ones because it takes time to build a muscle. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you don't want to necessarily pick up your biggest, heaviest boundary challenge first because you don't have the muscle for it yet. And what I, what's so juicy about that is there's muscle memory. There, you can always start building muscle no matter how late in the game it is. Um, and I think that's really helpful to remember when people are starting to look at their boundaries. It is like a muscle. It will take time. That doesn't mean you're not going to start getting change and results right away. But you're going to get stronger and you'll be able to do things with greater ease. And you'll uncover more about, um, just like how you might understand your own body more, you'll uncover more about yourself as you go on. Yeah, it's, it's such a layer. It's such a connected layer with the sort of same visuals of spirituality and health and like the layers and that's how I feel about Ayurveda is I'm like Mm -hmm. I don't I think I'll just be I mean I know not I think I'll be studying the rest of my life sort of oh this layer and now this look how it's connecting to this that's so cool about this and that's why I like these fields of study where you can really you we're not getting anywhere like it's not like oh check boundaries got them check you know and right yeah (laughs) It doesn't work that way. No, 
And it's never one and done. I mean, in terms of boundaries, I say boundaries are like a river because sometimes we ebb and flow and there's a little eddy over here and they, they dry up, <laughs> you've got to reroute. So it's never the same stream twice that we walk into. And so really, because we're not the same person. Yeah. We evolve, we learn different things. We, our capacity for something might be greater at different times, a um, lot less at other times. So it needs to be, I also say boundaries are flexible like a spine. They need to be able to bend and flex to support you. Yeah. Um, we know in Ayurveda that the spine is, you know, healthy spine, healthy life is, is what the ancient texts say, right? And that's because it can flex and be strong at the same time. And I think that is very um, indicative of what boundaries need to be as well. Yeah. And I think it also, now that, now that we're sort of digging into it, mm -hmm. I'm thinking about the layers of, we have a, um, a few sick family members right now, okay. and I don't live close to them. And sure. so... This is why also it's not a one and done and why it's mm -hmm. a muscle and we're still going to be working with it because we've never been in this situation before. Yeah. So what I'm navigating and really thinking about is what do I have? Where are my values? Where am I lining with how I want to show up in these supportive relationships with yes. family members and changes? Mm -hmm. And I, um, this summer, so this started happening probably about six months ago and then more intensely really in June okay. um, when someone got sick again and we had to make some family decisions and um, I decided on July 1st, my community knows this because I've been talking about this a lot, is that I mm -hmm. woke up and was like, you got to quit drinking. Like it just was like a hit over the head divine guidance, like to move through whatever next phases are arising. It's like... Alcohol cannot be blocking, basically, sure. I think, the boundaries that I want to have right. in order to raise my family, run my business, be a wife, be in the community, have my own life, and help with this family stuff that's six hours away. Right. It's like something, in order to simplify, <laughs> I've got to mm -hmm. create some space. And uh -huh. this one thing will help. It, it, it just may, it may really help. Sure. And what I'm noticing now is that it's the first time I've faced anything really hard without mm. alcohol. Yeah. And I'm like, wow, this is uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah. Well, look at that. <laughs> Holy crap. <laughs> yep, it lots is. Of, lots of lion's breath, lots of walking the streets up and down like a crazy, you know, I, I always say like, I look like a crazy person because I'm just, just trying to move things, just trying to feel it. And then I, you know, get in bed and read my books or just relax or get in that bath. And this week was at, we, as things got a little bit more intense again with the extended family, it was kind of like, okay, well, are you coming? You know, like we need more help. And I could feel the pressure and I could feel my stomach start to tighten and I could feel myself want to say, I'll, I'll be there, but my yeah. body just listened. I didn't respond with action, you know? Mm -hmm. So I say that because of this layering and unfolding of like, these situations are going to come because people we love are going to be sick or we're going to have challenges and we're going to have to make these decisions about what really feels good, you know? Mm -hmm. Good for you. That's really tough, but it sounds like you're listening to what is true and finding new ways to navigate that river. Um, to a place you've never been and you absolutely can do it um, You know what when you said that what came up for me if I may offer a question that I, 
a pose a question that I offer my, my clients a lot. It's one of my favorites, so they're probably all rolling their eyes. <laughs> but it's a good one. If you're unsure what to do, what will you be glad, you know, five years from now, what would you be glad you have done? And I, that's one I actually find that I'm posing to a lot of people who are working with elderly parents, yeah. with family members who um, are sick, you know, whether it's extended. Because uh, in the moment, we just might feel frustrated, overwhelmed, just bad about, you know, somebody said they picked somebody up and they did it, and now I have to make this big decision. <laughs> it's completely unrelated. But... I really like that question because it actually takes us out of the moment. Yes. And this sounds so ridiculous. Takes us out of the moment almost so we can be more present within it. Yeah. If we think five years from now or a year from now, whatever is appropriate, makes sense. What will I be glad I would have done right now? Yeah. So good yeah, I love that. I love that perspective. And mm -hmm. it's really helpful. I love that. Oh, good. I'm glad. Um, what do you think? And this led me to what I wanted to ask you next, which was about archetypes and personalities and mm -hmm. any patterns or habits that you see in there, because I definitely um, feel like there's a lot of um, women in our community who are, who feel really passionate about service, right? And about, and that looks a lot of different ways, especially in DC with um, the variety of protests and ways that we can really activate right now. I mean, today, literally every single day, at Congress, they're asking for us to come down and do stuff for the Kavanaugh um, mm -hmm. hearings and trying to navigate that piece. So what would you say for archetypes or, or the ways that we are in our personality and the habits of that? You know, I'm, you said something, I can't remember exactly what it was, but I thought it was right on. And that is your way of doing something, finding what, what is in contribution in the way that is real, real, very much an extension of you. So if it's um, feeling like you have to go do something that is not, not just beyond the bounds of discomfort, you know, sometimes we need to step in that, but something that's just not you, finding the way you can contribute. Because I think if we're all trying to do something in one or two ways, we're not actually going to have that much impact. But if we do it in ways that are natural and an extension of ourselves, that's coming at things from all angles. That's actually what's going to help. Because if we're trying to fit this archetype and fit this mold right here, and that's the only types of pressure it's getting, it's not going to have that pressure. And, you know, this, it's not going to be that strong because it doesn't look like it's coming from all types of archetypes. So doing something in the mold of who you are is extremely powerful. I think more powerful than trying to step into something else of not who you are. And again, that doesn't mean avoiding discomfort because a lot of these things are wildly uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, and, and there's a line between discomfort and safe. You know, we have in, 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 we need to honor our instincts and boundaries there so we're not putting ourselves in unsafe situations. But if I understand your question correctly, no, there's not only one way to impact the world. The biggest way is by being fully you mm -hmm. in honoring the boundaries of who that is. Mm -hmm. Well, I think also like the, the, in terms of health imbalance and balance in Ayurveda, right? And the doshic imbalances is that because I have, because we're all made up of all these, the elements, but having this really intense pit of fire mm -hmm. means that I could actually get a lot of people from the community. Yeah. I could go start this. I can do that. Oh, hi, kitty. Is he a kitty? Oh, yep. <laughs> 
That was um, the yelling in the background. <laughs> I have to honor the little, you know, animal that was absolutely. Just us. Um, but and so that that's what that's also the layer of trying to navigate the strength in a healthy fashion versus an unhealthy because that habit has led to burnout. That imbalance, that gift is also my <laughs> the weakness. Right. And that's where I can get really sick is when I'm over fired up. <laughs> Absolutely. Right. You know, yeah. So, so for you, it's really, you know, you have to look at your prakruti and vikruti, right? Yeah. And your prakruti, it's there, but looking at the vikruti where the imbalance is, and so you're not throwing too much fire on, on or wood on that fire, um, but not also, you know, oh, now it's raining. It's not, it doesn't have to be one or the other, which is so common in pitta, right? Yeah. That you're very extreme either way. Um, or that you're full tilt until you hit a wall and then you crash. Yeah. So, you know, going and going with that, what's going to just have you at a healthy boil so yeah. that you can use that steam to, to good things, but the fire is not um, causing you burnout in other ways. You're not getting burned by your own efforts, yeah. which I think is, is probably not right on for anybody who's trying to do anything, um, make big things happen. It's right. really easy to get burned by your own efforts, um, which is not healthy because then you're not able to keep doing it, having that effort yeah what do you look for how do you help people um talk about or get more specific on what healthy looks and feels like for them it's incredible yes it's an incredibly individualistic question mm -hmm. to me healthy is when um those values are getting honored quite honestly when all those values are getting honored and not at the cost of yourself not, I mean, obviously there's some cost because we are the fuel for those things, but you're still having it be replenished in, in a healthy way. Um, and that will look different at different times in your life. I mean, you, if you have a sick family member, your capacity is very different than what it might be at another time. Um, if you are dealing with cramps, your capacity might be different. So it's kind of constantly um, ebbing and flowing. But for me, healthy is when, um, you know, it's really hard not to go to Ayurveda because I know you speak this language so well. Um, Let's do it. Go for it. I love so, it. So um, when it, you know, the whole idea of toxins is, is so discussed um, beyond the point of understanding toxins in Ayurveda. But we understand when, some, when there's an excess or something that is not keeping something in a healthy state, that is the limit. At that point, it would become what we call toxic, whether that be a relationship, um, a food, a thought. It's, you know, one of the very first things I have my, and maybe you do this with your yoga work, but I have my clients do is to stand up and say, now balance on one leg. And they'll say, okay, I'm balanced. I'm saying, what are you doing to keep that balance? Well, they're actually doing a million different little micro movements yeah. all the time. To, and it's, so it's not this still point where everything is just complete and static. It's us constantly adjusting in yeah. conscious and unconscious ways. And that's what gets to happen to keep things healthy. I love that. I love that visual. Um, and I know I can just go right into the body, just kind of feeling that wobbliness and then like breathing right. into it. And I think that underlying all of it, it is the paying attention. You know, it's, I think it's the, um, the commitment and the desire to really have varying lay layers of paying attention to our mm -hmm. inner world as we're affected by the outer world and I know a lot of our community just rolls their eyes and feels like oh it's one more thing and sort of the underlying mission is always it's lifestyle not 
one more thing. It's not part of the to-do list. It's about right. that inner exploration. Absolutely. Figure out your seasons and cycles and adjust them and adjust it, them. Yeah. And to me, when somebody says it's one more thing and they feel overwhelmed by that, it's actually one less thing. Because you're actually stepping back and seeing all those things and not trying to have to hold all of those things without looking at it. But it's the taking stock and inventory very briefly in a moment, you know, in, a, in a, just a moment of time of what that is in, in adjusting. I love it. Um, last thing I want to just say is that uh, coming out, I think tomorrow, my, I, my neighborhood best friend is a parent coach. Oh, cool. We are, we were on the phone the other day, ranting and raving in a not so kind way uh -huh. about the coaching industry and marketing to pain points. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Oh, I'm sorry. And Did I shout? Sorry. When we yeah. just recorded a podcast episode with like, we sound like one of those old like comedy sketches from like in living color, like the two ladies <laughs> out on the front porch. Like, well, do y'all know that they do this? Do you know yeah. that they do this? And so we did this whole thing. And um, uh, partly because I'm in the process of doing enrollment for our like Thrive Holistic sure. Learning Group Sacred. And I keep sitting down to write emails that are like, I don't know, we get together and it's sacred and it's really fun and you'll learn really interesting things about yourself. So join or not. And if you don't want to, that's okay. And if you want to, great, we're here. And yep. it just reminds me, I've seen a lot of your work come out and I really honor how you present it as well because you don't feed into the pain point frenzy and right. you don't try to put the knife in the heart and then twist it around to convince them that you are the answer and there's one way. Um, right. Uh, thank you for acknowledging that. Because <laughs> I can't, that drives me nuts. It's manipulation. Yeah. It's manipulation and one of my boundaries, my biggest boundary is respect. To me, that's yeah. disrespectful. I'm not going to do that. Even if I think that's somebody's case, that's me using, that's, that's gaslighting. That's all these things. Oh, that, you know, oh, I can't see it. So you'll actually find, <laughs> this might be what we're referring to, every sales page I have for any offer, whether it's boundaries or other things, I always say, if anything in this page has made you feel you are less than, than uh, that you have a fear of missing out, that any of these things, I am not the right person because I don't want to help cultivate that for you. Because you're not, you know, you're going to be fine. I want to be able to help if I can. That's cool. If not, we're cool. <laughs> you're not we feel the same way. And we feel quite, and we actually, the reason, the name of the episode is Marketing Manipulation. Oh, and Science to Marketing Manipulation. Because I actually, what dawned on us is that people don't really know. Unless uh -huh. you're literally running your own business and studying uh -huh. The, the online marketing piece or marketing, you haven't necessarily heard that. You don't know that's what people are being told. You're just clicking subscribe and sign up. And right. we had people who signed up for this round who were talking to our community leader saying, I'm so afraid I'm gonna fail or not do it right or this or that. And right. she's like, whoa, what? hold mm -hmm. on here. These are experiments. You are fine. You are wonderful as you are. Like, we're sort of getting some, mm -hmm. I'm noticing people are signing up, like clicking one more thing because they, they, they want that hit or they've been yeah. so abused. Um, I'm missing out. And if I do this, maybe I'll actually have my act together. And this is, this must be the missing piece of why things aren't working yet. And also, you know, I, I work with kids every summer. And the biggest thing I heard from kids this summer, which was different in, I've worked with them for 30 years now 
was um, their fear of failing and that somebody was going to think they were a failure. That's the biggest, that's the, I've never heard it to that degree before. And it's this idea that if we don't do things a certain way that we think is actually not failure, <laughs> that it is. And that's not the experience of life. Life is just is traversing and traveling and, and, and doing our best and getting knocked down and, and getting up. I don't want to manipulate somebody into working with me. Yeah. That is so disingenuous. And to me, it's not respecting who they are. Yeah. If I have to manipulate somebody to work with me, I don't, I would not feel very good about my skills. Yeah. yeah. So thank you too for, for not buying into that. And, and my boundaries are such that I respect people. I will not do that. Yeah. I just think I didn't realize because in, when I was in the yoga studio world, the language is just very different for operating studios sure. mm -hmm. um, and memberships and classes. So transitioning over the past few years to doing more of this, I've been surrounded more by this language and had business coaches who said, I mean, it's almost like a broken record. Would they say yeah. over? what's the pain point? Go for that. What's the one mm -hmm. thing you're selling? What's the one right. thing? You go, that's how you'll be successful, quote unquote. And um, I'm, my life is very, uh, I'm very aligned. <laughs> I feel right. so much appreciation every day for right. our community and our students. And I don't feel less than mm -hmm. because I'm not doing that, but I get, I, I don't know, it just messes with my mind sometimes. And now I'm, I'm getting more experience talking about it and aligning with other, I'm trying to look for, I think that's right. also why yeah. find you, find Megan, you know, look for my other soul sisters who are like, no, we're do, we're fine. We're okay. And we're going right. to do it by being honest and sharing our experiences and what we've learned and right. we can help you, you know? Um, it's <laughs> absolutely. And you know, if we look at maybe if, if people don't understand how it can work otherwise, you know, we understand people's pain points. That's why we're doing this work. We're not saying, I'm not saying that you can't bring it up or something. If yeah, yeah. I were an orthopedic surgeon and you were coming to me for a broken leg, I wouldn't stand in the office and press on your leg and say, so you want to feel better? Yeah. <laughs> Come have your surgery with me. I would be compassionate to the fact that you are in pain right. as opposed to exacerbating that pain. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> right. So thank you for that. I really appreciate it. <laughs> sure. um, the last thing I want to ask you is, so I'm teaching at American, and this just came to me because you said about the kids' work. How old are the kids that you work with? Um, seven to 18. So okay. we do foreign language immersion in uh, 14 different languages. Mm -hmm. Do you speak 14 different languages? I don't, but I help, <laughs> I help <laughs> run the, uh, I'm a part of the, I help run the Norwegian program for Concordia Language Children. So we're, this is a different, very different part of my boundaries than my okay. boundaries. Okay, so in your, so I'm teaching a course at American University this year mm -hmm. um, for, I have nine first years, nine okay. fourth years, one sophomore and one junior. So right. it's a real mix. What is your best advice for these undergrads about to enter the real world in college? Because you just said they're afraid of failure. So how, what, what would you say to them or what can I share with them from your wisdom around the work that you've been doing and integrating? The failure doesn't mean they're a bad person and that um, it's actually part of the process to mastery and you're going to fail with things that, I mean, that's, if you're not failing, you're probably not doing it right, actually, <laughs> in terms of failure, because you're not trying it out. You're, you're playing it awfully safe. 
And um, it doesn't define who you are at all. And I think we have this idea that if we fail, we're a bad person and people won't love us if we really boil it down. And if they are feeling that from their family, know, just know that um, their family is clearly inelegant in expressing their love to them because I'm sure they love them much more than that. Yeah. But good luck with your course. Oh, How fun is that? It's so fun. It feels like, I feel like it's the biggest gift. Mm -hmm. Just being able to integrate and the, there's a textbook, Randy, and the textbook is all, I mean, the research and the quotes and the books on mindset and compassion and John Kabat-Zinn and it's all the things mm -hmm. that put into an actual college textbook, which to me, it just makes me laugh that there's a textbook called stress management. I mean, it breaks my heart because on one hand, we've come to a place where this is something that is being taught and is stressing people out <laughs> to take stress <laughs> management. Mm -hmm. um, but I look at this textbook as just like such a gift because it's That's a great. collection of quotes and research links and books and Wayne Dyer's in there. I mean, it's just fun to see all of these wonderful teachers mm -hmm. be honored in a university, in American university, right? It's not Naropa, sure. it's not Boulder, right. it's not places that are typically, it's really a mainstream. Um, our class is in the, is in the um, public policy building, which is a really beautiful, uh, I feel very like just honored to be going in there every day and be teaching, you know, we sit for three minutes, we breathe, we stretch, mm -hmm. we talk about the real stress, we talk about boundaries, we talk about um, expectations of parents, we talk, I mean, and what's just amazing to me is these students have, I mean, it's basically like the same conversations and words that I have in the sacred women's circles on Sunday nights, you know? Yeah. And so that to me is like, oh, it's just so, it's just so affirming for these connections of humanity. That's great. That's um, wonderful. Yeah. So I'm glad that they're, that it really takes a lot, I think, for the department to make it a three credit course. They clearly see that there's a need. Yeah. Right. That's so great. I think. And they're willing to meet the need. That's, that's really that's great. Right. Mm -hmm. um, Randy, thank you. Thank Me you too. for chatting with me. Where can people find you? Um, at myname.com, uh, R-A-N-D-I, Randy with an I, Buckley.com. Okay. I will put a link in the notes. And thank you so much for all of your wonderful teachings and the work that you do in the world. I highly, highly recommend that everybody get on your mailing list um, so that they can feel that authentic, your values coming through. That's <laughs> good. <laughs> Um, and the desire to really help um, all of us kind people uh, have better boundaries so that we can have that abundance and health that we've been talking about. So thank you. And thank you very much for having me and for all you're doing too. Okay. Thank How you. cool. Take care, Randy. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.